Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 261 for the fourth time of We Podcast, and we know things where we recap all of the week's nerdy news. My name is Greg Hall, and alongside of me is almost always the best damn voice in the business, Sam Mator. This is our Thanksgiving special. <laughs> okay, it seems to be working now. Uh, happy Thanksgiving, everybody. This is our little Thanksgiving special. This is our sixth Thanksgiving with you all. We thank you so much for hanging out with us. If you're listening to this on your drive with the kiddos, we appreciate that very much. It's going to be a really fun show for you. Hope you're enjoying your commute and you enjoyed your friends, family, football, and all of the trimmings that come along with Thanksgiving. Uh, if you're listening to it after Thanksgiving, we hope you had a great Thanksgiving. We got a jam-packed show for you this evening. Let's just dive right in. We're going to start at the top with our picks of the week. Our trivia is still 1.5 for Sam, 1 for me. We are a little slow on the uptick this round. That is okay. Uh, then we're going to get right into our top three for the week. We have done our favorite Thanksgiving foods. We have done our least favorite Thanksgiving foods. We have done our favorite Black Friday memories. We have done our favorite Black Friday Black Friday buys, but we have not yet done our favorite pies, baby. So what we're do is our you clever girl. <laughs> uh, we're going to do our top three favorite pies in you know, inspired by Thanksgiving, the ones that make us all warm and cozy on the inside could be a dinner pie. You know, it doesn't have to be a dessert pie. Some people like that. As long as it's not a pizza pie. I didn't put that on there. That would have been one, two and three, brother. I can guarantee you that. I mean, if someone served some homemade pizza at Thorn Thanksgiving dinner, I would eat it. Why? Who am I to say no? Yeah, for real. Uh, then we'll go with movies where we have uh, the review for Resident Evil. Welcome to Raccoon City that is available in theaters right now. We have an update on the Power Rangers story we had months ago where they had mentioned there will be a Power Rangers cinematic universe. But now not only is it greenlit, but it has found a home. So very excited to talk about where that's going to be. Kojima Productions usually in gaming, but we're not going to talk about them in gaming tonight. Clifford, the big red dog, excited to talk about that. But really, where the bulk of our show is going to be is in TV and gaming, because in the TV section, we have our impressions for the first two episodes of Hawkeye, available now on Disney+. And surprisingly, it did not disappoint. Wow, he gave it early. That's called a tease. Then we will have impressions for Cowboy Bebop Season 1 on Netflix, also available now. And... And on top of that, again, Mass Effect, a place we'd normally be in the gaming, not going to be in gaming tonight. Before Sam takes over in gaming, where I'm going to give my impressions of Pokemon, Brilliant Diamond, Shining Pearl. You won't want to miss those. Uh, Rockstar apparently listened, which is just not something they often do, and might actually fix that piece of shit trilogy. They might have already started. We'll see there. Uh, and then Epic Games makes a pretty big acquisition. Normally, we don't talk about Epic or Fortnite on this show, but this is a unique and pretty large acquisition for Epic, so I just want to touch on that real quick. And a couple Nintendo story updates. So if you're a fan of Mario Golf Super Rush or Mario Party Superstars, you're going to want to hear the updates that we have for those games in the gaming section before Sam brings us home with the weekly WADA. So short, sweet, tight show, lots of impressions. So a big, important one. Let's get it started where we customarily do our picks of the week. So I went to the movies. I felt like I had to see this movie in theaters. Uh, me and Kelly saw No Time to Die. Nice. This was um, the 25th 
in the James Bond series. This was the fifth and final for Daniel Craig. And it, it was fitting. It was fitting for his end. Um, I'm glad, like, you know, again, when Roger Moore did his sixth, I think he was like 55. And it's the worst received Bond movie of, I believe, all 25. And it, it, it's terrible. Probably why Roger Moore is my least favorite Bond. But <clears throat> I don't know, just something about Daniel Craig. And again, I would still say the opening credits, the little chase scenes, action scenes, they are phenomenal. Who their stuntmen, God God bless you for doing them stunts. Um I would say like from the reception, I feel like they said uh was it Ra- Ra- Rami Malik? Mm-hmm. Rami Malik, yeah. Yeah, I, I his it didn't it fell I, I wouldn't say flat, but it just it was it was missing something there. I, I don't know. It I it's something I look at him, I just don't find him threatening. I, I don't know. But because he played Freddie Mercury and other I don't characters know. that he, weren't threatening. He's five five. He's five five. I, 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 <laughs> what am I supposed to do with that? It's James Bond. What what are we doing here? I like um, Rami Malek a lot. I mean, I, I do like him in certain things, but this nah. He could I be a good like, like creepy serial killer kind of guy. Maybe not a it, Bond villain, but definitely a villain villain. I could see. But not Daniel Craig. Daniel Craig. Yeah, was not a not a Bond villain. I, I get it. But again, you had Jeffrey Jeffrey Wright. He uh, comes back. From the CIA agent, he was from the first one, Casino Royale. So they kind of pay that forward. Christoph Waltz has a little, you know, has a little appearance in. He was in, I believe it was Skyfall or Spectre. And Ralph Fiennes comes back as reprising his role as, I believe, uh, not Q. Is it N? N? I don't know. God, there are so many letters in there. But again, I, 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 it was two, two and a half hours. It went by pretty fast. I mean, it was pretty good. At, near the end, I look over. Kelly's crying in her seat. It was nowhere near as bad as when the girl that was in Endgame with us. <laughs> no, it, that was Infinity nothing, War. Nothing was like in, that. That was Infinity War. But Infinity War, that was it. But I, again, it, it was one. Um, Billie Eilish did the opening theme song, and I thought she absolutely crushed it. Her, she's great voice. And guess who this was directed by? I don't remember. Carrie, was it Joju Fukunagi? Who I just love it. I don't know. I, I, I took it. a swing. He was the director for True Detective. Season one or three? I believe all of them. Oh, two. At least, the, at least the first one. True, True Detective says director, eight episodes, executive producer, 24. So he was a director of the first eight episodes with McConaughey. All right, good. Yeah, the good. The yeah, Season the, three was excellent, but one was still probably the best. Anyway, yeah, regardless. I agree. But again, I I thought the the cast was there, special effects, the music by Hans Zimmer, and you know they said it was what the budget was like three hundred and one million, and right now at the box office, it's like number three, I think worldwide with seven hundred and thirty five million. So, you know, yeah, it was released, you know, the tail end of the you know the pandemic. So it was good that it still made some money. Good final outing for Daniel Craig, who is still my fa- my favorite Bond. Casino Royale still my favorite, but no time to die. No time to die definitely delivers. I saw it was available on demand for for me, and so I went back and tried to watch Casino Royale again. So there's a start. Like I'm trying. I'm okay, tr- I'm uh, trying. Just, I I just want you. I just know that it's 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 poker related. Great action scenes. The uh. I, I hope you like, if not, I, I feel like it's just a missed opportunity. 
if you want to hear what Sam is referring to with the Avengers Infinity War story, we've probably told it two or three times on the show, but we've definitely told it back in the day. What was that, 2018 or 17, back when Infinity War first came out? Sam and I saw it together. We did our impressions on the show. It's definitely in the episode title. You know, go back and listen to that. We will tell you one of the funniest stories you'll hear on this pod. Oh my gosh. We were crying laughing. Well, I was crying laughing because the girl next to me was just bawling. I was literally her crying. Eyes out. Like when a plane goes down and you have to put your head in your crotch, that's what this girl was doing. She was just <clears throat> oh, hunched in the fetal position in the movie seat. You got to listen to that story. Go check that one out. Mine is uh, I, I despise Black Friday in every sense of the word from a physical perspective, but I love the deals. And when Black Friday kind of moved digital and really Cyber Monday is really just Cyber week now and month cyber monday is every day for real like black friday is not just a day anymore it's a week it's a month it's a long time for a lot of places so you can find really good deals all the time uh, i was very upfront on twitter and other places of what i was going to be purchasing this black friday i ended up not getting actually most of what i had said i said i wanted like death loop because it was cheap and riders republic and ratchet and clank i ended up not getting any of those I did, however, pick up Guardians of the Galaxy for $25. It's still available for $25 on Wall Best Buy. Best Buy. I'm very excited to start that. I picked up Alan Wake Remastered for $15. Nice. Um, so half off that. Very excited to start that. But I've been chasing a game for two years that I said, you know, I don't know if I'm going to love it, so I don't want to pay 60 Let me wait for it to go on sale. It never goes on sale, ever except when Nintendo announced that Astral Chain from Platinum Games was going to be on their 2021 Black Friday deals for $40. And I said, you know what? It's not going to get cheaper than this. Let me just get it for 40 bucks. It's so hard to find physical. So you know what? If the retailers are going to stock up on it, I'll get a $40 physical copy. I like Switch games physical because the cartridges. Let me just go for it. And so I'm ready to rock and roll. I go on when the, the sale's ready. It started on Monday. So I went on on Sunday. I just thought maybe they'll release it early. And do you know what GameStop did? Boy, I absolutely love it when companies have technical errors. Mm. I, I just love when people have things that aren't supposed to be on sale on sale. So for my $40 Astral Chain game that I was waiting for, when I checked out, it said $26.99. Oh, you lucky dog. I couldn't pay faster. I don't care if it's a technical glitch. This is the same company that two weeks ago put Animal Crossing New Horizons brand new for $9.99. And like sold it out. They sold out. And then they send an email to everybody saying, yes, that was our mistake. But because it was our mistake, we will honor it. And we're going to send you your copy for $10. So like. You know, when you catch a glitch in the system, you catch a glitch in the system because when I went back on Monday to check if it was still $27, thinking GameStop was just trying to be more competitive, nope, $39.99. So got my copy of Astral Chain, have been playing it every night since I got it, like an hour or two a night. I am absolutely obsessed with it. I never thought I would be. This is a Sam game, which is awesome to be able to say. It came out in 2019, an action adventure hack and slash. So like... You want to talk about Devil May Cry. You want to talk about that kind of gameplay. That's what this is. But it's draped in this different style. Instead of being, it is post-apocalyptic. Don't get me wrong. But instead of you being 
uh, demon or whatever, you're a police officer and you're a police officer. Uh, you can pick the boy or the girl police officer and you're going to team up with your brother or sister, depending on what gender you pick. And you have to fight the chimera, which are demons that are invisible. That's that like actually resistance. K- kind of. Yeah. That's the same name chimera. And so you have to <clears throat> fight the demons on post-apocalyptic earth as a police officer, but they're invisible to the naked eye. So what you have to have is active, basically activate your astral chain and attached to you is a monster of your own creation that attacks them when they're fucking invisible. And then they become visible after a while. And then you both fight them, but the monster's on a chain with you. So you can't just go away and let it do its thing. You have to be in the fight with it. Oh my God. It's just, it's awesome. And like, it doesn't do the typical Japanese style thing where it sits you in tutorials for 45 minutes or hits you over the head with the story. There's like a three minute cutscene, Then you're on your motorcycle going to your first case and you're playing. It doesn't even give you a tutorial until after you beat the first mission. So you actually have to pick up the controls on the fly and just and, start playing and just start playing. And boy, nice. when you're a Pokemon fan and you get tutorialed to death, it is just nice to kind of have the handcuffs off a little bit. Pardon the pun with the police game. But like, it's unbelievable. The game was in development for five years. It's got an 87 on Metacritic. Destructoid gave it a 9 out of 10. Famitsu a 37 out of 40, which you never see. They are really tough. They're a Japanese reviewer. Uh, game Informer, 9 out of 10. Uh, GameSpot, 8 out of 10. IGN, 9 out of 10. Nintendo Life, 9 out of 10. Like, everybody was raving about this game for two years, but it just, I just didn't know if it was going to be my style and not only is it my style and by the way i'm playing in handheld on the oled because it is just freaking gorgeous it's a sam game you would love this game too so i'm really 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 excited for astral chain i'm loving it on the switch i'm about six hours in so far it's about a 20 hour experience we, we um, may we may see this again on your top three no, this came out in 2019 oh so you can't use okay yeah okay. yeah so it definitely won't be anywhere but it in 2019, uh, my number three was Luigi's Mansion 3. So you never know. Maybe at the end of this 20 hours, you know, retroactively, it might sneak in there. I don't know, but I am loving it so far. Uh, it's a two-year-old game. You never find it on sale ever, ever, ever. If you're listening to this pod, the day it drops or the day after, it'll be available for $40 digitally a lot of places because the physical copies are already sold out. But it is worth the $40 price tag. I'm lucky I got it for $27. But uh, by the way, all three of the games I got were less than a PS5 game combined. So good Black Friday shopping for me. I'm done. Astral Chain, exclusive to the Nintendo Switch. You cannot play it anywhere else. Platinum knocked it out of the park with this one. So no time to die for Sam. Astral Chain on the Nintendo Switch for me. Let's hit trivia. I'm going to give you the question first. What you got, brother? It is 1.5 for you. One for me in our race to 11. Win by two. This is... A different question has nothing to do with nerd culture, but it does have to do with this time of year. Within three years, what year did Cyber Monday begin? I think you asked me this. I asked you what year Black Friday began. That's a Philadelphia thing. It started in Philly. But never asked you about Cyber Monday. What year did Cyber Monday begin? Within three years. I will also, you know, think about this. Cyber Monday is the internet, so it's after 2000. Well, it, it, it's not. I feel like it, it's it's fairly new. Oh nine. Oh man. 
Oh. I just missed it. By one. I was going to say 11 and I changed it. <laughs> the other way, 05. Oh. If you would have said 08, it would have counted towards the three. Oh, my goodness. See, 05 is weird to me. I thought it was newer too. I swore it was less than 10 years old. Like, I just remember Cyber Monday sales since I've been working at the place I've been working. I've been there for eight years. So, you know, it being 16 years old is mind boggling to me. But Cyber Monday, 2005. I get pissed. I was, I'm still glad I took a shot. And it's funny, we both have a year question, but I, I'll see. What year did the Money Morphin Power Rangers air? 1993. Correct. <clears throat> 1993. Yeah, I will never forget that. And remember, it's like 89 or 90 in Japan. Super Sentai, I believe it was. And then when it came over in the dub as the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, was 1993. So that actually gives me the lead. Two for me, 1.5 for you. I appreciate that question. We try to stay away from year questions, but that's why I like to give you the within three, within five, and, and or it's and or it's 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 relative enough that you'll just know it right on the fly, like you just did. Yeah. All right. So let's get into our top three for the evening. Again, uh, happy Thanksgiving to everybody out there listening. We hope you enjoy all the festivities that come along with it. I cannot wait to dive into the cranberry sauce, the mashed taters, the dry ass turkey. I don't use gravy. I'm a savage. I just yeah. like my meat thick and salty. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> but we're talking dessert again. We could go with the dinner pie, the sweet potato, the whatever the hell you put in a pie crust to make it dinnerized. I don't know. Somebody told me they he put green bean. <laughs> they put green bean casserole inside of a pie crust. I must throw up in my mouth. So, oh, Jesus. Uh, with that, with that being said, Sam, let's get into our top three favorite pies. And it's pies is, I don't know, being Italian, there's always pies. If you go to my family, we're going to my sister's, there's basically probably five or six different types of pies. So if you like pie, this is this is where you go. My number three, I guess I got to go classic. Growing up, it was always like the coconut custard pie. Mm. You get the coconut custard. I always like to put a little bit of whipped cream just to get that little bit extra, but that's just me. That's it? That's all you got for a coconut yeah. cream pie? Yeah. It's, it, it, to me, it, it's self-explanatory. It, it, it's like a boring because it's it's like ah, we go Thanksgiving. So I got to get the coconut custard. Got to get the apple. It's like it to me. It's just that classic Italian pie. Never had a coconut custard pie, but I'm also new to liking coconut. Over the past just like three, four years, I started liking coconut a lot. I'm hoping maybe on Thanksgiving there is one where I'm going. If if we're going, that'd be awesome. But number three, an underrated pie. Um, now. I'm being specific in this pie, okay? It's got to be, it's got to be the Tasty Cake or the Entenmann's like single pie. We're not talking <laughs> the big giant pie here, okay? Give me, the, give me the old lemon pie. I love... He said lemon pie. Lemon pie. I'll take the Tasty Cake regular one. I'll take the Tasty Cake iced one. I'll take the Entenmann's pie. Doesn't matter. I don't like it when it's a big giant circular pie where you got to cut off a slice. Give me the old packaged disgusting terrible for you 2000 calorie single serving pie and i'm in i mean i i guess that's one way to do it or just go to you know popeyes and they'll throw it in the oven for you it's real good Ooh, number, what number two they got lemon pie at popeyes no well the regular pie well no. they did i don't know if it was like an annual thing but they gave me two free ones and they were it was banging i eat oh, both of them god damn my number two is something that you usually probably won't see too much unless you're basically for kids is the chocolate cream pie. Nice. 
it's it's base it's a creamy chocolate pudding with a little bit of the hard crust that you know yeah take the like like the little bite of just the, the the pudding take the bite of the crust it is the perfect mix are we talking like a regular crust are we talking a graham cracker crust are we talking that chocolate oreo type crust what are we talking I mean, honestly all of the above sounds fantastic <laughs> Uh, a little, a little more classic for my number two and my number one. I, I don't mind if it's lattice with a little cane sugar on top. I don't mind if it's just a normal, good old fashioned grandma's pie on the windowsill. I love me the cherry pie. Uh, the more little chunks yeah, of cherry in there, the better. I love a chunky cherry pie. I don't, you know, I don't love the cherry pie filling where it's just like the jelly. You know, be honest with you, I'm not really a cherry guy. I, I love a good maraschino. Uh, and I love a good pie, the cherry pie. I don't love cherries like as a fruit to to eat. I don't really like them either. But something about it when they candy that shit up. I don't like like that gel bullshit. I want like a chunky cherry pie, and for some reason, I'm all in. All right, that's I I had no idea you were into cherry pies like that. My number one, the classic, call it like a fixation pie. or a fascination. It's just my number two. That's all. Uh, sound like a sound number two. My number one is going to be fantastic. Number one is there nothing can be a homemade, fresh, warm apple pie. I'm going to disagree with you in one place, but yes, and continue. You get the nice ice cold vanilla ice cream. Get a couple scoops on top. It is the perfect combo and easily the best pie to have on Thanksgiving. Do you want to know where I disagree with you there? Because apple pie is also my number one, and it's not even a contest. Apple pie will always be my number one. I despise. You don't like warm pie. Despise warm pie. I love warm Despise pie. it. I don't want warm pie anywhere near me. It's got to be ice cold, and I mean ice cold. When I get offered pie for dessert at where we go for Thanksgiving, I say, no, thank you. I bring it home. I put it in the fridge like a normal human being should, and I watch the 830 football game, and at halftime, I'll eat my pie. I'll eat my damn pie. I mean, I, I can eat it cold. It just I I would prefer it warm, but ugh, I can eat it cold. I hate warm pie. I don't understand why either. Like I'll drop the bit back to be me being me. I don't understand the concept of warm pie. It doesn't if, if you have it with the, the cold ice cream, yeah, sure. Like I get that. That sounds like a good combo. Well, why not cold and cold? Why not put your teeth through that and just go cold, cold pie? Because that sounds good too. I like, you know. But but I do have to say. For me, with the apple pie, traditional apple pie is good, but I prefer apple crumb pie or French apple pie. French apple pie is my number one on the planet. My Aunt Amy makes a great French apple pie. Do you know what French apple pie is? No, but tell Amy to start making them. Let's go. What's going on? (laughs) French apple pie is apple pie with raisins inside and icing on top. So I like raisins. If you want to, if you want to try one, Tasty tasty cake makes a French apple pie single, and like it's obviously not authentic. But it's close enough. Um, but a French apple pie, you get the apples, you get the raisins, you get a thin layer of icing on top. Not too much. Just a nice thin layer of cake, like, oh, beautiful glazed. Oh, my God. Or the apple crumb is fantastic. You know, Marie Callender actually crushes it with the, with that. That's what I got in my freezer right now because that's what I'm bringing. Or eating at my own house tomorrow by my damn self. But, yeah, the apple pie is the, the undisputed king of the shop here. I was ha- I was happy you didn't say, like, pumpkin pie nah. or, like, sweet potato pie nope. or anything like that. I'm, I am not a sweet potato <laughs> guy, and I uh, don't do pumpkin. All right, let's get into the music. Or I'm sorry, the music. We don't even have a music story tonight. Let's get into the movie section with the review for Resident Evil Welcome to Raccoon City. As a matter of fact, uh, I, I deleted it. <laughs> 
<laughs> that, that, that's how excited you are about reading it. Well, I went through my photos like right before when I was waiting for my inside baseball, ladies and gentlemen, my computer died while we were doing attempt number three. So if our shit wasn't going great tonight, like there's another reason why. And I was getting an update. And while I was getting, while I was waiting for the update, I said, let me delete a bunch of photos. I don't need anymore. And wouldn't you know it? I deleted this one, but I didn't get it out of my archive. So I have it here uh, in front of me. And before you even read it, like, I love this cast. No matter what is said about it, like, I really like this cast, and I have to see this. Resident Evil Welcome to Raccoon City is certainly not the worst video game adaptation, or even the worst Resident Evil movie. But the bar is admittedly pretty low. The director does deserve some credit for sticking much more closely to the source material than the Paul W.S. Anderson films. But a short runtime, a rushed third act, and a lack of elements to make it truly scary, hold it back. Nevertheless, it should serve as a decent fun for the fans of the Resident. I'm sorry, decent fun for fans of the Resident Evil games, if only to find all the Easter eggs and references scattered throughout. What's that like a six? Yes. And uh, honestly, that's that's a, all we could hope for, right? It's kind of all you need. It's just you a, know, and, a movie that doesn't do shame to the Resident Evil franchise. Is really all you need. Yeah, and this one, like you said, I think as being gamers, you want to hear it does pay closely more towards the games. We want to see them Easter eggs because the the first ones, they really kind of became their own thing. Yeah, for sure. They definitely went off that beaten path. Yeah, and you know, and like I I like Neil McDonough, Donald Logue, Tom Hopper, Robbie Amell. I I like this cast. I know this was Greg Russo was supposed to produce the script and he left the project and you know, it kind of went through reshoots. So like I know this this movie's definitely been through it, but you know, it was a twenty five million dollar budget. Less they got it under two hours. Hopefully, they can make a profit and maybe continue this so we can see more. Or do you think, or are you just like at one and done? Let's give Resident Evil a break. Uh, the the day before Thanksgiving release is strange to me, and I don't love the timing of it. I feel like it's being sent to die. Um, the Twitter reaction ain't so bad. I've been seeing people say like it's definitely one of the better m- video game adaptation movies. It's but got a twenty eight percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Audience or critic though? Uh, that that's probably critic. That's twenty eight approval rating with an average rating of five point one out of ten. Metacritic has a forty three out of a hundred. Yeah, but that's not the worst. Like for a movie that's a day old. And it's just a bunch of critics being like, well, uh, Halloween season's over. Like, I don't know. I think putting a scary movie out, or at least a wannabe scary movie out after the Halloween is always weird. But I don't know. It was going up against like pepperoni pizza pie or some shit. I licorice, pepperoni licorice or some shit. I can't even remember <laughs> the other name of it. And then that in that Disney movie, the singing Encanta or whatever it is. So oh, like yeah, that one, yeah, I know we're talking about. It's yeah. gonna lose to that. Clearly, different audiences, and then this pepperoni licorice movie. I swear to God, that's like what it's called. It's the weirdest thing. Like, there's not a lot of booming competition out there. So I feel like if the people want to go to the theater, they're gonna see something like No Time to Die or Venom or whatever else is just hanging around in theaters because Thanksgiving is a popular time yeah. for some f- folks to go to the movies. This, this is like a, a Tuesday five hour seven dollar movie watch. At, I, I yeah, would at best, and and I'm happy. I love Resident Evil. I'm a huge fan. Right now, Village is on my top three game of the year list. I don't think it will be there at the end when it's all said and done. But right now, it's hanging on. So 
you know, I'm I am a Resident Evil fan. If it does, I'm usually not the guy who says if it's profitable, it'll get a sequel. I like to think quality too. If they're saying this isn't the worst Resident Evil movie, and those movies got a three or four movie run, I could see this trying its best to spin off into yeah. at least at least a sequel, potentially, you know, a, a little mini reboot universe type deal. Yeah, I, I wonder if this if this comes to like Netflix after theaters. I think this this kind of could have like a little cult following. Netflix is getting a lot of those Resident Evil properties too. They yeah, got that exactly. animated thing. They got the live action Wesker thing. So like that, you're right. That's a perfect home. I don't know who's distributing the film. If it's Paramount or Universal, and it might go to one of their services well, first. But... It's, a, it's production is Screen Gems, Sony Pictures, Sony. So Sony doesn't really have their own streaming service, and some of their stuff has been going to Paramount. But I. With Netflix having a strong tie to RE, yeah. you could think this might be a Netflix, you know, it could be going to HBO and Showtime and shit like that. Who knows what the plan is post theater, but maybe hitting Netflix wouldn't be the worst idea. Uh, the previously rumored Power Rangers cinematic universe, which we talked about at nauseum, I don't know, three, four months ago, whenever it was rumored that Hasbro was going to turn it into a franchise again, has indeed been green light and found a home per deadline. And that home, as we just talked about, is Netflix. So it looks like Netflix is going to be the home of the Power Rangers uh, for a long time. Now, I don't know if this is correct, but I read that everything Power from Money Morphin to now, every, like the web series, everything's all connected. Like they have their own, you know, Power Rangers universe. I, I'm- it's So it's loose um, because every now and again, every five years, Saban or Hasbro, whoever was owning, you know, the rights of the Power Rangers, would do a big giant crossover and bring yeah. back some uh, some Rangers from each time period. So like Jason was always the hot one; he'd come back all the time. And yeah, I think they just had like mostly all of them on like a couple years ago. I don't know if Kimberly mm-hmm. ever came back. Billy comes back a lot. He, you know, um, God, David Yost, I believe his name yeah, is. Yeah. He comes back a lot. I don't know if Zach has really come back a ton, but he, I mean, so they're the original Mighty Morphin. But like, yeah, they'll get like Car- Steve Cardenas has come back. Yeah, a n- now they're times. doing. Um, was it on like? Uh, uh, I can't think of their goddamn name. Under the Red Hood is under not under Red Hood. Bat, bat in the Sun. Jesus, yeah. I almost had a brain aneurysm. Bat in the Sun. They're doing now Jason David Frank, Power Rangers, all the like Zach's in it. So yeah. a couple of the other guys. Yeah. So the Rangers do have a loosely connected universe where they're all, where they're technically all in the same, yeah. you know, I guess in the same universe. They'll probably do a, a multiverse thing, but they do a giant crossover thing. But this, you, Mighty Morphin's been on Netflix for a long time. I don't know if it's still on there, but like if you ever wanted to go back and watch them, they're available to you at least they were on Netflix to bring it back. Cause the 2017 one wasn't the worst thing ever. It wasn't great, but wasn't the worst to kind of start over, but to have it on a streaming service, to know that there's going to be more on the horizon to be able to go back and just reset. I'm excited for this in a major way because we've had so many TV crossovers and universes with the power Rangers. I would like to see cinematic short hour and a half experiences kind of tying together, crossing over, doing your crazy thing instead of these long seasons. Because I'll be honest, I'm I'm out on the Power Rangers to watch now. I'm way too old. It doesn't appeal to me at this point. But a movie, sit down and watch it an hour and a half. That sounds good to me. Exactly. Like that That movie is more digestible. And, you know, we grew up with the, pa- like the Power Rangers. I, 
I was a sucker for him, and I, I have to give it a shot. Yes, the new movies, it had its moments, and it had moments where it fell flat. Goldar looked great. Horrible. <laughs> Sorry, it was, he was um, the, that was the worst Goldar. All you had yeah. to do was like not make it look like Just that. not do that. Um, I, I Again, I, I think there's there's still hope for this. It's good that Netflix still believes in it, obviously, if, if if they do still have all their episodes, because I did go back and watch a couple of the old ones that would, it was just growing up watching that fun show. Now just to see what they could do now, in the newer age and have the older kind of guys, guys and gals cameo. I think that'd be fun to see. evil. Jason, the green candle. Like there were so many amazing yeah, villains too, like the pig and with the stoplight and the eats everybody and the wrapping pumpkin. And like, <laughs> my God, dude, there were so many great, great, great villains from the power Rangers. And that's something I'm also excited to see. Is like, does Lord Zed come back? Does Rita Repulsa come back? Does, you know, because Rita was Elizabeth you, Banks. You need Lord Zed. <laughs> yeah, need. he definitely needs Lord Zed. You need. That's their Thanos. You need. What the hell was the Fink? Fink? Finster? Finster? Dude, I, I that and Rita is the only my memory. I, I forget a lot of Finster, people. I think, was the guy who made the clay versions of the villains and put them through that machine. He was like the white. I don't know what animal you would want to call him, but like he would, he would create the monsters out of putty or clay, put them through the machine, and then they'd send them down to earth. And that's when they became the real villain. That's some hardcore mighty morphin knowledge for you all. <laughs> Kojima productions, formerly of just video games, uh, death stranding was really their only project. Now, once Kojima broke away from uh, Konami, they have now launched a U.S. based studio in California, but not to focus on games. To focus on movies, TV, and music, looks like Hideo Kojima is really expanding the brand. Just please, God, no, no Death Stranding TV show. Please oh, God. you're getting a Death Stranding movie. You're getting oh, no. a direct to streaming. Oh no, you are getting a Death Stranding movie. It's going to be even weirder than the games. Norman Reedus is going to star in it. It's going to be a big giant mail delivery movie because that's all the game is. You just deliver mail in a post-apocalyptic world and you see babies and shit. It's weird. I have no interest. You couldn't give me that game for free on Black Friday. It said buy three, get Death Stranding free. I'd buy two. (laughs) And then I'd buy the third one separately in a different transaction just so I don't own Death Stranding. Uh, No offense, Kojima. Clifford the Big Red Dog is apparently good enough and profitable enough to be getting a sequel from Paramount. It got like sixes and sevens, apparently. It's not like the worst movie ever. Uh, I'm just like, I just like click, like, just click it. The director, this is the director of Van Wilder, Wild Hogs, Alvin and the Chipmunks, Walt Becker. Slowly descending into madness with those movies that you just named. I'm, I'm again like it's a profitable budget 64 million it made 36 million so far and then you know it's also co on paramount plus though so that that 36 we don't actually know the number because the i mean paramount plus clifford watching. just looks so bad um yeah yeah and, and yeah, i, I so and i really like clifford growing up as a kid Me too. i love clifford yeah, it's a shame that today in today's world, things like Clifford and jo- uh, Curious George are pretty much dead in the Berenstain Bears because of YouTube and Jojo Siwa yeah. and all the bullshit that's on there. And every fucking kids channel has, you know, 73 CG animated TV shows from different countries, Masha and the Bear and stuff like kids attention is it can't go everywhere and all these classics. And I guess that's pretty boomerish of me to say, but like, all these classics that we grew up with. They're just not around today, and that's sad. And Clifford, if he was more of a popular 
like if he had the TV shows and still popular with the books and maybe he is, and maybe I'm just 33 and I missed it, but I have a two year old soon to be three and she does no interest in Clifford. <laughs> oh, holy shit. John Cleese is in this movie. Holy shit. There you go. See, you learn something new every That's day. That's a legend, man. He's 82 years old. As we move into TV, we have our impressions, ladies and gentlemen, of episodes one and two. And we'll put the spoiler tag out there for every MCU show. We always do spoilers. So we'll put the spoiler tag in the time codes. Look at the description of this episode. If you do not want to hear spoilers for the first two episodes of Hawkeye, you can pass right on by. We'll start off spoiler free for like a minute or two, just so you don't have to like run to your fast forward button. uh, If you want to hear our overall thoughts, but then we're going to go to spoilers on the first two episodes of Hawkeye available now on Disney plus dropping every Wednesday for the next, what is it? Four weeks uh, because they dropped the first two of six. Sam, we are already one third of the way home on this series. What do you think so far? High level thoughts. Tony Dalton's mustache is phenomenal. Yeah, it like it like creeps off the page a little bit. Like it's so long and so wide. I'm like, it does it. Is it going to stop? Like, it, and if you know the if you know the comics, you know he is 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 someone in the Marvel universe. And yes. They're setting that up not so subtly. Great, great casting. Uh, obviously, um, uh, Verma was a Farmiga. Vera Farmiga. Vimer, yeah, she she's already in my eyes up to no good. Oh, um, absolutely, she's nefarious too. There's there's no way you're getting married to Tony Dalton and saying like, yeah, I'm not. <laughs> we're He's not. We're not up to stuff, and then someone ends up dead. If you're asking yourself who Tony Dalton is, he's Lalo Salamanca from uh, Better Call Saul and one of our favorite villains in the entire Breaking Bad universe. Yeah, he's uh, he's phenomenal. So just just to see him, I already know where it's going. And and again, I, I like I love how they started the show. Yeah. Of basically of, you know, in 2012 of the Avengers movie of the you remember the exact shot of seeing Hawkeye during that. And then it's a kind of this. Obviously, then it like kind of fast forwards to it now and a little Ronin flash, which you always love to see a good Ronin. And this one really, you know, is a retired Hawkeye. And my man's, you know, dealing with, uh, um, you know, his his hearing. He's got a, a goddamn hearing aid on there. Yeah. It just you know, an, an aging, a retired Avenger. Yeah. Overall. Uh, I couldn't have been less excited for this show when it was announced and looking over, you know, as WandaVision happened and into Falcon, I'm like, oh my God, we're going to end the year on Hawkeye and two episodes in. And it's, it's, I think it's absolutely phenomenal. Um, I don't, I, I don't see it taking over Twitter like WandaVision did. I don't think anything is going to, um, WandaVision just did something to Twitter that the other shows haven't, but this show deserves to be mentioned in that same breath of whatever your favorite one is. It doesn't have to be one of If your favorite one's Falcon or Loki, whatever the case may be, this is so far right up there. And that's because of the character work. Haley Steinfeld is an absolute gem. She has stolen the show for me in these first. She's hilarious. She's quick. She's witty. You believe her as Kate Bishop. Um, I love that. My gripes are so few and far between like the nitpicks that it's like they're not even worth mentioning right now because, you know, I've done it so long, but I absolutely like love the first two episodes here. So here's where we'll turn the spoilers on. So if you were like 
fumbling through your dial looking for the fast forward. This might be the time for you to do it because for the next couple minutes, we're going to be talking spoilers. Anything's on the table. So if you haven't seen the first two episodes, pause it, watch them, come back to this discussion. What else are you thinking about this show? Uh, Lucky the pizza dog is cute as hell. <laughs> so I, 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 I figured they just CGI'd his his eye because yeah. he only has one eye. And this and this uh, the show is based off Matt Fraction's comic run. So far, very accurate to that. As I said, a, lo- a shit ton of Easter eggs with that. And I only read a few. Ish- I never read that full run, but just from what I read, even like some of the just the covers, even just how like the the logo set up, it's literally right from the comic. Yeah. So you you, you gotta love that. And yeah. I don't know. I, the first two episodes, I think it was smart to release two episodes at once because at the end of the second episode, you get that nice little tease. Little, it's it's echo. We it's, spoilers are off, so. Uh, or on, I whatever you want to say. So that's Echo. That's uh, uh, Men, uh Maya Lopez. Maya Lopez. Thank you. Um, she's going to be spun off into her own show. We already know that. And also, there's a Kingpin connection there. Um, she is like a love interest of Daredevil. So there's a lot of different ways that you could spin this. And like for ways that this could go, is this going to be the return of Kingpin in the MCU? Who who really knows? And there's so many possibilities. I don't want to get. So excited. We all remember the Mephisto thing that still hasn't come true uh, mm-hmm. of all those theories and stuff I, like that. But. I did one of my little quick little favorite scenes was that Molotov scene with Hawkeye where he catches it and throws it back. You know, it kind of, yeah, again, like he just does it like instantly. Then she does like shoots the damn fire extinguisher, like just like the rookie and yeah. the master and just hurt like her. Like again, like the initial fighting stuff, the, the fight choreography looks great. Her messing up a lot in the beginning, which I assume is going to be throughout and he's just going to basically teach her the ropes of being, you know, Hawkeye and her lead eventually becoming a young Avenger. Yeah. And you know, I think one of my favorite things about the show so far, like a little tiny subtle thing is that first episode had a full credit sequence where it showed her basically in the background of the credits, growing up, getting all those medals, becoming the archer and the, and the martial arts and, the fencing and all of the things she's so proficient at kind of showed her that. But then the second episode didn't have opening credits. It just got right into it and then just showed a logo and got right back to the episode. So that to me was a good job of building the story through the opening credits and never having to watch them again is hat tip. Cause I can't stand shows where you watch the same song or, yeah. or theme every time again, shout out to Dexter new blood for not doing that either. This time they learned their lesson. Um, so I love that the one I guess it's not a gripe. I guess it's more of a question is I do love how they start off in 2012 with a young Kate Bishop in her penthouse. Um, and then the battle of New York happens and then she vows, I need a bow and arrow and she vows to become what she ultimately is becoming. Yeah. But then the blip happens and it's never understood. Number one yet, at least if she was blipped or not, I would assume not, but like, those five years when the blip happened, if she was blipped, well, what, like, how does all that training affect that? Or, you know, hap- like, how does that I happen? Don't, I don't think she was blipped. And if she wasn't, uh, don't you think that, like, that stuff is put on pause? Like, you don't have dance class that Thursday because, you know, you've been blipped. Half the fucking world is gone. It's like, it's, I, like I said, it's not like a nitpick. It's, not, it's more yeah. of a question is if she wasn't blipped then I'm almost more curious, how did she get this good at everything? Because I don't think karate class on Saturday at 10 would still be a thing if half the world population just goes away at the snap of a finger. So just a lot of questions there. 
Um, yeah, I, I don't even know if we, we would get an answer to that one, you know? I, I really don't know. And again, it, maybe they'll touch it. Maybe they won't. Some of these shows have a very subtle way. Something like WandaVision threw you right into the blip when everybody came back and how met crazy like hospitals and things were. That was a wild look at the other side of the blip. So I did love that little the little hint there on the toilet where it said Thanos was right because Clint obviously, what's her face, gave up her life to be against Thanos. So like yeah. he takes that personally, but there are people like the flag smashers and there are people out there, you know, that, that thought he was and that believed in the blip, if you will. So just a crazy, subtly good way of telling stories. I think their chemistry works really, really well. I think the, everybody's chemistry. I think Vera Farmiga is very, very good. Oh, I think she, dude, she's a great actress. <laughs> I think, um, Oh my God! What's his name? Tony Dalton. Thank you, Tony Dalton is he's always so I, I phenomenal. Want, I want more of Tony Dalton. Like that's that's what like and and the best part, we haven't even seen you know Florence Pugh yet. Like we know she's in this, yeah. But like right now, it's like I want let let Tony Dalton be the villain. Let show give me more Jeremy Renner, Haley Steinfeld. Like going you know, going back and forth on each other. Like I'm still here, so it's like I'm interested in the show. It's only what is it six, six. episodes? Yeah, it's only six. And we're already awesome. ha- we're already thirty three percent of the way home here. Um, I I love that. What is it? Sword fighter, I think is his name uh, as a villain in the comics. I think it's swordsman. Swordsman, yeah. And then like the mom too. Um, she is a, I think she's a villain in the comics too. So like, there's just so many different ways they could go with this. Uh, I love the 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 Hawkeye hearing aid thing. How'd you get it? He like just flashes back to all these traumatic things. That happened I've to been him. through some shit. <laughs> he, uh, yeah, I've been through some shit. He LARPs um, with, uh, you know, with a bunch of people out in the in the woods where he gets his Ronin suit back. There's just so much to love about it. And honestly, after just two episodes, I'll I'll wait until you know past judgment till it's over, and we'll give our impressions halfway through. Which is we generally do it halfway through, which would be like you know next week. They usually only do one, so we'll we'll find time. Maybe we'll just wait till the end and then just give overall. But we'll, you'll definitely hear about this show again from us. Um, I'm absolutely loving it to the point where this single-handedly is getting me back into the MCU, something that even Shang-Chi didn't do. Because as much as I like that movie, I don't think about it at all. Whereas this show, I can't wait for next Wednesday. It, again, you know, it's it could be something that you know, Kevin Feige was hoping that it's around Christmas time. Maybe this would be something that people go back to for Christmas. And I can see... Yeah, me going back, it's, it just kind of puts you in that light mood. Uh, you know, I again, you, know, you don't have to love Hawkeye, but this is kind of him passing that mantle, continuing the story if you saw Black Widow, and seeing what's next on the, I guess, horizon for the next Hawkeye and or Black Widow. And it, just do yourself a favor and just watch it for Haley Steinfeld. I'm telling you, she absolutely steals the show. She, she's so good. She's going to be, when they do the Young Avengers movie, Haley Steinfeld will be Kate Bishop. Yeah, 100%. And we also know, I think that Kate Bishop will have a bigger role in the Young Avengers than Clint did in the actual Avengers because she is A, too big of a name to become a B-level character, but B, she's too good. She's just a fun actress, and she's funny, and she's got all these great lines. I was cracking up the whole time between the, the two of them. and So yeah, I absolutely love Hawkeye so far, something I, quite frankly, didn't think I would say. Up until that first trailer, when that first trailer dropped, I thought, okay, this has a chance. This is even exceeding those expectations. 
Oh, I I love the hey any anytime you you're in a superhero movie or show, I'm I'm loving life. Yeah, this is a fantastic show. Highly recommended. Hawkeye available now on Disney Plus. The first two episodes. Then do yourself a favor and go watch Emergency Awesome and Screen Crush and Heavy Spoilers and New Rockstars or whatever Easter egg videos you want to watch. Just for the small little things you missed, you won't be disappointed. I'm having a lot of fun with that too. But I cannot wait. To hear your impressions of this next thing, Sam, Cowboy Bebop is available now. Season one, the live action on Netflix. What did you think? And I, I already finished it. I'm, I'm going to keep it spoiler free. I already finished, watched all ten episodes. I will also keep it spoiler free. And during that time, I also rewatched the twenty six episodes of the anime. I wanted to, you know, dive back in, spend a little bit. It's been a minute since I seen the show. And I wanted to just kind of watch both, sit on both, just think about it. You know, again, this was, I feel like I've heard mostly, I'd say mostly negative things for this show. Wait, would you agree to that? Um, Very pessimistic to negative. Like, I've heard nothing overly positive, as a matter of fact. I've heard, I've talked to me and my boy Mike, uh, Strange Spaceman on IG, I think he watched the first two episodes. He was loving it. He was mm-hmm. loving it. Mm-hmm. I, I, I really do love this cast, though. I, I like John Cho as Spike Spiegel. Um, what was it? Mustafai Jakur. He, he surprised me. I, I didn't think I was going to, uh, like him as Jet Black, but he, he, he grew on me. Um, the, the only one that I, I was still a little is the one who played Faye Valentine, Daniela Panita. Mm-hmm. She was she was the only one I was like I don't from just from the anime again I I understand Netflix you have your own liberties and they definitely strayed they definitely zigged and zagged throughout this ten episodes from what we had in the twenty six episodes of the animated series um some stuff was good some some stuff I, I I thought you know didn't really work I feel like they tried to do you know they definitely showed it so like. It, they they were very true to. He's trying so hard to keep it spoiler free, ladies and gentlemen. I applaud him. <clears throat> again, they they tried to keep it so hard to true to the, again to the original to the original animated show to basically people saying like I heard I saw this on Twitter, it was like hey this two minute clip or it was so cringe, and I can't even say it because it's a spoiler because it's literally the last scene of the episode, but I was like if you re if you watch the anime. You would know how I just want to say crazy a certain character is, and it's like wait, so it's like you damn them if they don't do it, and then you damn them if they do it so right that like yeah, it's some it's sometimes it's hard to get a character on 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 like an anime to live action where like the transition it it it, it looks goofier like people say cringe, but if you watch the anime, it's like well that's that character. I don't know. A lot of scenes, I I really thought they were they were very true. The music was fantastic. I I I I enjoyed it. I I mean, I I wouldn't say this show is definitely not for everyone. If you watch the anime, I would say it definitely helped. I I don't agree with all the things that they changed. I understand it's their own thing, but I, again, I I I applaud them for for taking a swing and even the fact that we even saw a live action Cowboy Bebop. That's freaking awesome. Um, 
Yeah, I can't. I wish I could share the same enthusiasm, my friend. I just don't have it. Um, I just I can't believe as good as that anime was, and I finished twenty four of the twenty six episodes, so mm. I only have two left. As good as that anime was, I cannot believe I was bored watching a live action version of it. And I'm not sitting here saying it was unnecessary. I'm not sitting here saying I hated it because I don't hate it. I am just kind of apathetic to it. It's a thing where I watched it. I watched three episodes. I couldn't go on. I'm going to forget about it. I'm going to move on. And I'm just going to hope that Yu Yu Hakusho fares better. That's all. I I think the show also, it, it, I think this show needed more money than what, whatever it got, you know, to do a a space show of, you know, bounty hunters in, in the solar system, tracking down, bad guys for money and then they you know they they tried they shoehorned so many different storylines some stuff that was never even there before that they just threw in there and added just to i, I make the story i feel better mm-hmm. i i just felt like they did they tried to do a little bit too much and they twisted a certain storyline i think way too far to me mm-hmm. but uh, I, I overall i thought i thought he was great i did see john Cho in an interview saying like after his injury and you know, they had a pause set and, you know, or pause production. And he's like, every day when I was in therapy, he said, I, I, said, I don't think I, I thought about being, you know, Spike speak like of being a character for a certain project for so long. He's like, I just, just, I was so focused. Like, I've never been more focused on anything. Like, I, I loved hearing his, his dedication. Yeah. I, I truly hope that the show gets so, like some viewership because I would, the way it ends, obviously, it's it's hoping for a second season. I hope they get a second season. I I think that could could do it some justice, just to tie in some some loose ends that they 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 obviously left open. But I'm not a huge fan of what they did to some of the main characters. John Cho, I did think was was the was as expected. He was good. He was very good. Oh, and um, the actor who played Vicious, yeah. What was it? Um, I, I was like, he looks so familiar. A- Alex Hassel. Man, what the hell was he in? He was translucent in the boys. <laughs> <laughs> so oh I was like, God. I did the whole time. I knew he looked familiar. And then when I found out after the fact, I was like, okay, that's funny. Yeah. But again, it, the writing, it, it, it's, it's not perfect. Special effects were okay. Could have been better. That's, editing, where, that's where it kind of... Editing was different. It's definitely not something that you're... You're used to seeing, but I was definitely, I, I, I would basically stay for the cast. I, I did the, the chemistry. I think it, it was getting there. I wonder how many people watched that two minute, uh, whatever they had that like preview before the trailer, where it was that very wildly edited, like yeah. gloves off comic yeah. book. We're going into the same panel thing. And it kind of went into this expecting that. And it never really reached anything like that. At least in the first three, I have not watched the final, however many there are. Um, and so I wonder if people were like kind of tuned out after that, or if you have people like, you know, just diehard anime fans that like their things the way they are and don't want live action, yeah. and then they just went into it with the negative eye. I wonder if there, because there's got to be some of yeah. those people. So. But it, it, even if the live action wasn't your thing. The anime is on Netflix also, so you can watch all 26 episodes on Netflix. So if you want to watch the anime first, then go give a chance to the live action. I I, I saw, been saw the anime, but I, I watched both. 
and obviously the anime is still better. But again, I I did appreciate them taking a swing for Cowboy Bebop. I mean, again, I never thought in my life we'd see it. Yeah, I still say Roni Kenshin is still the best live action anime they've ever done, and we can only hope that they improve with Yu Yu Hakusho. Uh, yeah, we got two years, so hopefully there's some lessons to be learned. I wish I had more positive things to say about I mean, Cowboy the, the Bebop. Music was, the music was oh, still freaking there you go. amazing. That intro sequence was not only spot on, it was just I mean, for, a delight. Throughout the whole show, just to hear the harmonicas, I mean, just to hear everything. I watched I watched every intro. I just had to hear Tank every single time. I, oh, here, everybody, late night. I honestly thought your intro tonight was going to be three, two. I I, I I did that one before, so oh, I just, you did, I you let did. It go. That's right, that's right. And I had no idea what it was. <laughs> yeah, yeah <laughs> no. And funny. I was an idiot. Thought I had the intro playing in the background, and since I had the my headphones plugged in, you didn't even hear it. Dun 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 dun. Oh yeah. my gosh, I totally remember that. Yeah, yep. good call. Uh, ready to move on, or do you have anything else you want to no, say about Cowboy Bebop? I mean, hey, give it a chance. Fuck the critics. Uh, per deadline, Amazon is close to a deal to develop a Mass Effect series for Amazon Prime Video with Henry Cavill rumored to be involved. Does he even have time, Blake? Bitch, I still want you as Superman. <laughs> and I he's need you in space. And he's got The Witcher, and he's going to do like seven seasons of that if they want him to. And that's a Netflix project. So now he's going to be on Netflix. He's going to be on Amazon Prime. He's going to be on HBO Max. What's next? He's going to go to Paramount. What's he going to do? Is he going to do a, uh, a live action Paw Patrol? Like, what are we going to do here, Henry? How much time do you have? And I was like, I, I know he's a huge gamer, so he keeps doing these. He ain't never going to game. Well, but Mass Effect is is just at least number one is one of the greatest games of the past 30 years. I, I mean, I, mean, hey, like I got to give Amazon huge props. If they're going to take this, I imagine you're going to do mass effect. That's going to cost a fortune. They're doing their Lord of the Rings that they already dumped a, a boatload of money on. So, I mean, kudos to them that they're swinging for defenses. Yeah. If you, you know, the mass effect trilogy just came out on PS4 and Xbox and all that stuff. So like, if you've been reinvigorated to mass effect because of the trilogy, you have the new one coming eventually. Um, we can all forget about Andromeda, but like if you're new to that or if you're just a longtime fan since the Xbox 360 days and you're just like looking for something, you might be getting a little bit expanded Mass Effect, which is great to hear. And on Hulu, the service I have now canceled, Letterkenny Season 10 will be available uh, in the United States on December 26th. It'll be available on the 25th on Crave. If Merry Christmas to you. In Canada. So... Letter Kenny season 10 will be available this year. Will not reach my my top three. It never does. It's one of my favorite shows, but it'll never be like top three worthy. Like it's always just the funniest show. Yeah, that, that, to that. me, that, that seems like a show for you that you put on when you're, you know, you're editing the pod. Oh, no, that's a show me and Ashley watched religiously together. But it's not like a drama with a great storyline or a see-through plot. Like their plot line's fine. It's just, it's just different. I don't know. Letter Kenny's the shit. You got to watch it. <coughs> Excuse me, everybody. I've been trying to hit mute a lot tonight, but I've just been coughing up a storm. Now, let me take it over in gaming, and we're going to start it off big. We're going to get your impressions on Pokemon Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl. I've been playing Brilliant Diamond, and uh, it's fine. It's fine. That's all it is. It's fine. If you... I'm, I'm a little... What were your starters again? Piplup, um, Turtwig, and Chimjar. Everybody all shit. It's all shit. The second best starters besides Kanto. Yeah, get, get fucked. The second best starters. They're, they beat Gen 2 out of the water. I, 
No, I, 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 I they disagree. smack, they smack, hear that baby no, back bitch, I just, I, they I, smack Johto around, Cyndaquil and Toto, I love Toto Dial. Cyndaquil's the shit. Cyndaquil is overrated as fuck. Get your little tadpole out of here. Just like Charizard, overrated as fuck. Don't be stupid. Gen 4, all three are great, Piplup is the best, that's who I picked. I am a little so-so on this game. For one reason. Well, a couple of reasons. The biggest reason is before they announced this in February, back in early February, late January, I actually played through and beat Platinum. Um, so this year, I've already beaten this game. Uh, so like to go back and play it now, I'm like, because it's such a faithful remake and it doesn't really do too, too much new that I'm like, oh, I'm just playing it. But better looking kind of are you getting pokemon out no i can't wait for legends arceus that game's gonna be the shit well that's that's a brand new game and like gen 9 oh my god would gen 9 be the shit no i go back and play red and blue right now i mean i could it's up they're upstairs uh no i i just played this gen and because they just don't do a lot new until the post game with Ramadas Park, it's like, oh, I gotta play through this. And it's great. Gen 4 is my favorite generation besides Gen 1. So it's not like these games aren't great. The problem is, Ilk, number one, like I said, I played it. Number two, Ilka developed these games, not Game Freak. So the first mainline Pokemon game, not developed by Game Freak. And boy, are they, there's a lot of glitches. Um, I've experienced none. I have three badges. I'm not super duper far because I've just been playing Astral Chain so much. Um, I'm not like dying to play Brilliant Diamond right now. Um, I haven't really experienced any, but the things I'm seeing on Twitter, like going out of bounds and like you can skip trainers and like you don't need all eight badges because they the badge check at the end of the, the, the thing is like fucked. It's like, boy, I don't know how game freak feels about this or the Pokemon company feels about Ilka doing their thing. But like, these are just gen four remakes and like they, all the legendaries at the end, they're not going to have gen five through eight because they're really doing this as a gen four remake. So, you know, it doesn't have the platinum post game stuff. Where was that? That's the, such a swing and a miss that you don't include, include the best post game in the history of the series. There is no better post game than platinum. None. It's so good. You go to the under, uh, the upside down, basically, from fucking Stranger Things to find Giratina. It's banging ass. And, like, the underground is cool and the hideaways are cool. But is it super special when we just had the wild area in Galar? I just don't think so. I think these are fine games. They'll sell just fine. If you're a Gen 4 fan, they'll appease you. I know Jim. I believe Jim Nugabauer said he's never played a Gen 4 game. So, or maybe he's only played them once. So he's like super pumped and he's really far. He's farther than me, at least sending me screenshots. I just can't share the same enthusiasm because I just played these in, in January and February without knowing this was going to happen this year. Um, and I kind of remember just a lot and it's just so faithful that I'm like, I just want something different to do. Like, yeah. Just give me something different. Like there are subtle different things and like there's some different NPCs and there's some different uh like abilities like the fairy type is around in here when it wasn't originally so like that's new it adds a little bit of i guess gameplay because there's 18 types not 17 so i guess there's that but if you like gen 4 you'll like it if this is your first pokemon game please don't let it be like play sword and shield if you have a switch and you ever played a pokemon game go get that go get let's go start in kanto where we all started um i don't know 
I love Gen 4, but these these aren't my favorite. Rockstar commits to patching and fixing Grand Theft Auto, the trilogy, the definitive edition. And they've already started uh, doing that. The rain isn't giant and white anymore. It's actually rain. That's like a huge step in the right direction. Now the games just have to run well and play. Uh, but they've actually came out with a statement. I'm shocked. They came out with a statement that said they're committed to fixing the problem. So, I mean, dude, they, they had to do something, man. It looked like but shit. They didn't. Yeah, you're right. They should, but they didn't. They're a rock star. They, like, <coughs> they could have said, well, it's PS2 games. What do you want? I don't know. I ha- I, I have such a sh- like blah taste in my mouth that I'm just like, I'm not going back. Like I said, San Andreas is on Game Pass. When I want to go play one, I'll just go play that for nothing. Or at least included. But good for them. I would love to dive into 3 or Vice City. Of course, the one I don't want to play, San Andreas, is the one that's on Game Pass. Um, I've never beaten Vice City, and I haven't played 3 in 20 years. So I'd love to do that. But good for Rockstar. I mean, like it's expected. You can't cyberpunk this. If you cyberpunk this, your reputation would go down the shit. Even though it's just a bunch of remasters, because GTA 6 is still 3, 4 years away that your reputation would get shot down if, if they didn't fucking do anything about it. Epic Games acquires harmonics. Yeah, so Rock Band is coming to Fortnite. Uh, it's crazy oh, to Christ. think. Yeah, I know. We don't talk about Fortnite a lot, but it's crazy to think that the team behind the Rock Band games, who are still going to be developing Rock Band 4 uh, or supporting, I don't even know if the game's out for gosh sakes, uh, will be doing music and things for Fortnite. So really introducing... Um, I don't know how. I don't know if it'll be original music. I don't know if they're going to be licensing things out and they'll be handling that. I don't know if there'll be a metagame or a subgenre inside Fortnite with some rhythm-based thing or something involved in music. But the team behind Rock Band is now moving to Fortnite to support that game. I guess they got to be thrilled. Uh, I say that with all sarcasm. Because, um, like... Fortnite's not going nowhere. For a no, long time. That's that's right. Epic Games is like valued at like sixteen billion dollars. So I don't know the amount for this, but it's gotta be a pretty penny because harmonics ain't cheap for sure. I mean they make rock band. Rock band's some of the best selling games like ever. So Nintendo has dropped the third and final free update for Mario Golf Super Rush. I'm very glad you enunciated free and I'm very glad you didn't omit it because I think there's something to that wording. That's how they worded it. Last night out of nowhere, I should say Tuesday night, out of nowhere, they shadow dropped it. Two new courses. They both look awesome. I haven't played them yet, but they both look awesome. One of them is all the Mario car- characters are the holes. So you tee off on Mario's foot and you land on his face as the green. Like it's ah, nice. It looks cool. And then they added Wiggler and Shy Guy as two final characters. They added new modes like Target Golf. So they added a lot of stuff to this last update, but they did say it's the last free update. And some might say, well, their mind goes, well, now you're going to tell me that the next few characters or courses are going to be paid. I got to pay for them. Maybe. But what I think is that there will be one or two more updates and they will come exclusively to the Nintendo Switch Online expansion pack. That's what I think. They're going to try to add value to that service through DLC. It makes sense. And it'll be this. And I don't know. How many it'll be it has to be like five characters, five courses and stuff for like 20 bucks standalone. And if you don't want to pay for it, it'll just be included in the expansion pack. But yeah, I think that they're going to add DLC that way via the expansion pack. And the last story we have in gaming, 
and it's looking like Mario Party Superstars will get some DLC. And this, I don't know if it'll be paid for standalone or through the expansion pack. I, I mean, I don't see why they don't just do both, but I think this will just be some paid thing. But Nintendo actually accidentally whoopsie daisy this one on their own because if you go now right this second to the mario party superstars page on the eShop at the bottom in fine print it said uh it'll, it'll say something along the lines of uh will will offer in-game purchases well there ain't any right now there's no in-game purchases do you just play the game like a normal human being so what does in-game purchase mean in-game purchase means dlc so uh, I would imagine characters and, and boards. And if you told me that I can get three more boards for $7, whatever, I'd jump all over that. Take my money. Oh, yeah. Five boards isn't enough. Just take take it all. If you want to add, especially if they're more old boards from the N64 games, take my fucking money, Sam. Bring us home with your weekly WADA. And this looks like it'll be the last weekly WADA for hopefully a couple more weeks. Wanda still hasn't shipped the next batch of games. But this week, you may have played this game, but I know you know the show very well. This is Yu Yu Hakusho Dark Tournament for the PlayStation 2. I have it at a 9.8 A-plus seal. Came out in 2004. This was made printed in the United States with the little foil cover. Got our boy Yusuke and Tagoro. And of course, by the title, this takes place during the Dark Tournament arc, which is one of the best arcs, if not the best arc of the show. And the best, I mean, the fighting game was more like it was the end, the same engine that it ran DBZ Budokai 2. The best part about this game was it was the clips from the actual anime in the show. Like to me, that's the, was the best part of the games. Um, this is based on the 1990 anime TV series developed by Digital Fiction. This has the first party Y scene with the Sony security label. IGN gave the game a 5.9 out of 10. GameSpot gave it a 6.9 out of 10. This is just basically a 3D versus fighting game. And this was published by Atari. I just felt like I had to have this. In a, I was not I sent this in getting grading. I thought it was going to be like a 9.4. Um, somehow got the 9.8. Um, you know, there's the second or third nine eight from Wada. I, I I don't get them handed out. I always, I feel like a lot of people get them. So when I get a nine eight, I'm I'm very grateful. But I, I really just picked this game up just because I was such a fan of of the anime. I'm still at the Torgoro fight now. I'm still slacking trying to watch every other show. I got to get back to rewatching this. But just again, one of our favorite animes. Um. I only played this game, honestly, a little bit growing up. This wasn't one nothing to, that you got to go out, run out and source, play the game. This is just something I think the cover's cool. I love the anime. Had to show some love. Yu Yu Hakusho, Dark Tournament. Yeah, I have it um, loose. I ordered it, tried to order a complete in box a couple years ago, but they didn't have any copies with the original box. So I just have the disc inside of a jewel case with no cover on it, no instruction booklet, nothing. Uh. But I have a working copy of the game that I can play whenever I want. So. There's that. I, I do enjoy it. It's bad, but like, it's really good, but like really bad. I like it a lot. I spam Kuwabara. Um, anyway, it, ladies it, and- that's the game. It literally <laughs> says like, again, it's it's a game where if you're a fast button masher, this game's for you. For real. There is nothing fancy schmancy to this fighter. I'll tell you that much right now. Ladies and gentlemen, this was our ha- Halloween. My goodness. Our Thanksgiving special. We hope you enjoyed 
all the festivities with your friends and family, however you choose to celebrate them. Thank you for spending your Thanksgiving with us, or really, whenever you're listening to this, it's On Demand Radio. It's the greatest way to get information. Uh, Thank you so much for hanging out with us. We'll see you next week for episode 262. Food, family, football. That's what Thanksgiving does.